Aristide's return to Haiti, a long night's journey into day. I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! with my weekly Breaking the Sound Barrier podcast. Late at night on March 17th, former Haitian President Jean-Bertrand Aristide boarded a small plane with his family in Johannesburg. The following morning, he arrived in Haiti. It was just over seven years after he was kidnapped from his home in Haiti in a U.S.-backed coup d'etat. Haiti has been ravaged by a massive earthquake that killed more than 300,000 people and left a million and a half homeless. A cholera epidemic carried in by United Nations occupation forces could sicken almost 800,000. A majority of the population lives on less than a dollar a day. Now Aristide, by far the most popular figure in Haiti today and the first democratically elected president of the first black republic in the world, has returned home. Bon retour, Titid. Good return, Titid, the affectionate term for Aristide, read the signs and shouted the people in Port-au-Prince as thousands flocked to accompany Aristide from the Toussaint Louverture airport to his home. Louverture led the slave uprising that established Haiti in 1804. I was able to travel with Aristide, his wife Mildred, and their two daughters from Johannesburg to Haiti on the small jet provided by the government of South Africa. It was my second flight with them. In March 2004, the Aristides attempted to return from forced exile in the Central African Republic, but never made it back to Haiti. Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld and other U.S. officials warned Aristide to stay away from the Western Hemisphere. Defying such pressure, the Aristides stopped in Jamaica before traveling to South Africa, where they remained until last weekend. Just before this Sunday's election in Haiti, President René Proval gave Aristide the diplomatic passport he'd long promised him. Earlier, on January 19th, U.S. State Department spokesman P.J. Crowley tweeted, referring to Aristide, "'Today, Haiti needs to focus on its future, not its past.' Mildred Aristide was incensed. "'As I sat interviewing her on the plane minutes before she returned to Haiti, she said the U.S. had been saying that since they forced her husband out of the country in 2004." When we were in Central Africa, I, someone gave us a book on Batelmi Boganda, who was the founder of Central Africa, the precursor of their independence, because he ultimately he died before Central Africa was uh, gained its independence from France. And there was a line in the book that made me freeze. When they were criticizing Boganda for being critical still of the relations between colonial France and Central Africa, and they kept telling him, you're talking about the past, and that it was a new set of relations between the colonizer and the colony. And Waganda um, said, I would stop talking about the past if it weren't so present. Mark Toner, the new State Department spokesperson, said last week, Former President Aristide has chosen to remain outside of Haiti for seven years. To return this week can only be seen as a conscious choice to impact Haiti's elections. Jean-Bertrand Aristide did not choose to leave or remain outside Haiti, and the Obama administration knows that. On February 29, 2004, Luis Moreno, the number two man in the U.S. Embassy in Haiti, went to the Aristides' home and hustled them off to the airport. Franz Gabriel was Aristides' personal bodyguard in 2004. I met him when he was with the Aristides in the Central African Republic then, and saw him again on Friday as the Aristides arrived home. It, it, it was not willingly that the president left, because uh, all the people that came in to accompany the president were all military. 
having been in the U.S. military myself, I know what a, uh, a GI looks like, and I know what a, a, a special force looks like also. And what attracted my attention was the fact that when we boarded the aircraft, everybody changed their uniform into civilian clothes. And that's when I knew that it was a special operation. The U.S. continued to prevent President Aristide from returning for the next seven years. Just last week, President Barack Obama called South African President Jacob Zuma to express deep concerns about Aristide's potential return and to pressure Zuma to block the trip. Zuma, to his credit, ignored the warning. U.S. diplomatic cables released by WikiLeaks reveal a concerted, multi-year drive to hamper the return of Aristide to Haiti, including diplomatically punishing any country that helped Aristide, including threatening to block a U.N. Security Council seat for South Africa. After landing in Port-au-Prince, Aristide wasted no time. He addressed the people of Haiti from the airport. His remarks touched on a key point of the current elections there, that his political party, the most popular party in Haiti, Famille Lavalas, is banned, excluded from the elections. The problem is exclusion, and the solution is inclusion. The exclusion of Famille Lavalas is the exclusion of the majority. The exclusion of the majority means that you are cutting off exactly the branch that we are all sitting on. The problem is exclusion. The solution is inclusion of all Haitians, without discrimination, because everybody is a person. Looking out on the country former President Aristide hadn't seen in seven years, he concluded, Haiti, Haiti, the further I am from you, the less I breathe. Haiti, I love you, and I will love you always. Always. I'm Amy Goodman with Dennis Moynihan.